When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Some ways fortunate to be in a 2-2 tie, even though they've led twice. Lead pass left wing McDavid. He'll carry it into the offensive zone for the Oilers. Lucic left corner, centers, wrist shot, score. Mark Letestu, third power play goal of the night for Edmonton. Letestu second of the game, and it's the first lead for the visiting Oilers at 3-2. Time, 5:06. We're going to be talking about the power play tonight again. I imagine the tone of the conversation will be a little different. The Oilers get three with the man advantage this evening. Two of them from a new addition to the first power play unit. Mark Letestu, Leon Dreisaitl also gets a power play goal. And the Oilers roll past the Winnipeg Jets 6-3 to snap a three-game winless skid. By the way, the Oilers are 8-4-2 on the road. Most road wins in the entire NHL. They're only 5-6 and six at home. They had a three-game stretch where they scored 16 goals. Then they had a three-game stretch where they scored five. And now they have a game where they come out and get six. And I'm just going to say off the top, everybody, I think this might be what we continue to be in for all season long. So I hope you're ready to roll with the ups and downs. It's overtime open line. Reed Wilkins with you. Rob Brown here as well. We're presented by the Canadian Brew House, and we're in the Terry Peranage Team Broadcast Centre. Okay. Well, they made some changes Rob, lines, line changes, Leon to the wing, power play changes, and they pretty much all paid off tonight. Well, I'll start with the power play. It, it has been a struggle as of late for the Oilers, and, and when you're playing in one-goal games, as the Oilers have, and your power play is not scoring, well, now you can see what you need to change to get some victories. They, they move Mark Letestu on to the, to the line. Everyone thought it was going to be the one-timer that they were bringing on, but just the movement, the movement around. And what I liked about the movement on the power play tonight, at times this year in the power play, you've seen a guy like Milan Lucic or, or a Maroon all of a sudden swing out way high by the blue line. That's not good. That's not their strength. Tonight, you only saw Dreisaitl go back there or McDavid. They stayed very high to the blue line, going puck from one side to the other. So they were so high, it gave them a lot of room to walk in and make their plays. And the other one was the, the line change, putting Dreisaitl with McDavid. This is what I saw in preseason, and I liked. I think that Dreisaitl thinks the game along the same ways as Connor McDavid does, and he can make plays. He's a big body, so if he's got a guy draped all over him, he can still get the puck where it needs to be. They were sensational sensational tonight. They could have easily had five, six points, and I see going forward that they'll continue to do this because the success, I think, is not a one-game thing. I think this is a success that they can have for long stretches. Connor McDavid with three assists. He leads the NHL 34 points in 25 games. Leon Dreisaitl, two goals and an assist. Mark Letestu, two goals and an assist for the third three-point game of his career. He also had a three-point game last March when the Oilers scored four power play goals in a game against the St. Louis Blues. Hey, six goals tonight. The Japanese Village Goal Light is on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can go right now, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. We turn it on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. They're up to six times doing that this season. All right, you can reach Rob and me, 780-496-0063. And we start off with Rocket tonight. Rocket, thanks for calling. So are you telling me that 
we insert like one guy Latestu, and all of a sudden our power pay play troubles are over. That is just crazy. That power play was so amazing tonight and so simple. It was it was ridiculous how uh, you know how uh, how well it worked. I just wanted your thoughts on it. You know, a little deeper into you know who who was removed from the power play and and. Well, and Jordan, so what did they do there? Jordan Eberle was the player that was taken off. Got moved down. He got moved to the second unit, and Latestu went into the first unit. I mean, Latestu had success there. I, I, I don't think he's the cure-all. But then again, I didn't think that the power play was going to be a concern throughout the season. It went through a dry patch. You got Connor McDavid on it. Things are going to be successful. You have Leon Dreisaitl. I think they kept they simplified it a bit. They didn't have players moving all over the place. The San Jose Sharks, when the, these coaches had the power play there, they had players interchangeable. They could play any position. They could go up to the blue line, down below the goal line, but they were all very similar players, very skilled. On the Oilers, you've got a, a Lucic or a Maroon or someone of that ilk whose strength is in front of the net, and sometimes they'd get swung out, out by the blue line. Well, that's where the play would die. Tonight, they didn't. Those guys stayed right in front of the net. The dry settles, the McDavid's, the guys that you want the puck in their hands, those were the guys that were swinging out real high. They were the one making the plays. And you had Lucic standing right in front of the net in a couple of the goals, particularly the dry settle rebound goal, were simply because Lucic took away the goalie's eyes and then took one of the defensemen who was trying to defend him to allow dry settle to come in there and use his size to score the goal. A couple of more quick things. So far, I'm right. I said they'd win the next two. They won the first one. That's and true. the other thing is, I agree with you, Rob, 100% about uh, Drysaddle playing McDavid. I think uh, Everly and Hopkins are like Hall and Oates, if you remember that. <laughs> oh, I remember that group very, they, very well. I think they, game the, they think the game the same way and need to play together as well. Just right. wanted your thoughts on that, too. Thanks, Rocket. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think that they've had success before. The line of Nugent Hopkins, Everly, and Pouliot have played very well before. Uh, they they need to get on track. I still don't think they're playing to where they're capable of. We've seen Everly in the past lead this team in scoring. We've seen Nugent Hopkins, you know, he's a 55 to 60 point guy. And we've seen Pouliot be effective at times. And that line, the three of them have been cold all season long. Now, I know they're in different roles. But they need to have some good games in a row to get their confidence back because the way the Oilers are set up right now, if, if Drysaddle plays on the first line, now they become a two-line offensive prong instead of a three-line because the third and fourth line are more muckers and grinders. They might chip in, but that's not going to be their goal. The second line has to be effective, and if they are, then all of a sudden the Oilers are sitting in a very good spot. Pouliot gets a goal, first point in 15 games. He'd gone 14 without a point. Cassian gets an assist. He had gone 15 games without a point. Maroon scores. He had gone nine games without a goal. So obviously a good night offensively for the Oilers. They win 6-3 over the Jets. That means a $150 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season. The total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com now up to $1,850. We have uh, Will on the line. Will, thanks for calling. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, just a quick uh, comment on the game. Uh, it looked like a pretty good effort overall, and just uh, the will to win is there, and if they have that, 
they should be all right. I'm sure that the second unit uh, will get it going sometime. It's, it's bound to go in. Uh, you know, but I think the main thing is the will to win has to be there game in, game out. Thanks very much. Okay, thanks, Will. We appreciate it. Well, you know, it's interesting. We should talk about the way the game started because the Oilers did have a problem tonight that plagued them a lot about three weeks ago. They allowed a goal in the first minute of the game. Little scored from Wheeler and Stafford. They they didn't look like they were, quote-unquote, ready to play. I mean, they got beat to a couple pucks right around their own net. But as you referenced, Rob, when they got the power play goal, I mean, I think it was 16 seconds into the power play, so they tied it up less than, than two minutes later. So, I mean, they, they faced trouble right off the start, and they, at least they didn't wilt from it tonight. Yeah, no, we've seen in the past that the Oilers give up a, a goal early. All of a sudden, by the end of the period, they're down two. The Oilers get a power play, and a power play that has struggled as of late, hasn't been producing, but needed to produce a goal, and they did. And it was a big goal for them, so all of a sudden they're back going the way they want to go. Liony scores, makes it 2-1. Again, the Oilers are down. They get a power play to start off the second period. Again, very quickly, they put the puck in the net. So it's about how you, how many you score in the, on the power play, but just as importantly, it's when you score on the power play. And the Oilers scored a couple huge power play goals tonight to tie the game and then eventually to take the lead in the game. So the power play was the reason the Oilers won this hockey game. Yeah, and the execution on the power play or adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Oilers 3-for-4 with the man advantage. We should mention the Jets 2-for-4 with the power play. You know, we didn't like Nugent Hopkins' penalty to make it a 5-on-3, obviously, early in the third period. But then the shot by line a for his second of the game i mean you couldn't have he couldn't have got up and put it there any well, better i mean i thought his first goal was fantastic and we talked about the fact that i mean it looks like an ovechkin there the second one the puck was in the net and i didn't even see it go in the net all of a sudden <laughs> he's got his hands up like oh that was pretty good uh, the kid can shoot he he, he can he and he knows where he's putting it. A lot of guys, and when I teach kids to take one-timers, it's just hit the net. Hit the net and good things can happen. He's actually picking corners with his one-timer. It's an absolute bullet. Uh, eventually, teams around the league are going to have to penalty kill like they do against the Washington Capitals where they're, all right, the other four guys, you can beat us. We're not letting the one-timer beat, beat us because right there you saw that when he has the puck on his stick, he can score from just about anywhere in the offensive zone. 6-3, Oilers take it tonight. 780-496-0063. Greg, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. Uh, sorry I tuned in late. Uh, did you guys just say that the power play just won us the game? Because I thought I'm like, is that right? <laughs> they have three uh, goals, buddy. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to clarify that because I was kind of like, am I calling the right show here? Um, uh, the other thing I want to say is um, um, I think we found our new uh, power play specialist in Latestu there. So uh, um, good for him. Uh, he played a whale of a game, and it's nice to see somebody finally shooting. I guess uh, all those one-timers in practice uh, are paying off. Uh, it's nice to see McDavid actually shooting from the, the half wall there, and uh, it, it, it clearly opened up space like we've been saying, or everybody's been saying for the last how many weeks. So all in all, um, and if I repeat anything, I apologize because I did tune in late, but all in all, I thought it was a, a good game. Uh, you know, we'll take the win, uh, minus that goal really early. Um, kind of like, ooh, what's going on here? This is going to be another game like that, right? So, But um, that's all I wanted to say, and uh, cheers, guys, and uh, enjoy the win. 
Right on. Thanks a lot, Greg. Well, I think Mark Letesti was an easy choice for our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I mentioned the third three-point game of his career. Just missed the hat trick. Couple a couple times, yes. Uh Yeah, he did well. I think he was 500 in the face-offs, yep. was he not? And he uh, was out for the entire two minutes on a penalty kill, along with Secker and Russell in the second. That period. wasn't a planned one, but uh, the Winnipeg, the Jets have a good power play as well, and the, they scored the two power play goals, and then the one in the uh, the second period, they they had control of the puck in the offensive zone for a good minute and some. Puck comes out just outside the blue line. Cassian is able to change, but the other three defenders weren't able to, so it was a full two minutes, and I can tell you, I didn't penalty kill much, but in the <laughs> chances that I did get to go out there, it is tiring. You are at stop and start, back and forth, stop and start, and, and to do it for two full minutes, I mean, they showed the players going to the bench. They were absolutely bagged, but good on them. At not at any time on that penalty kill did they get out of position because of being too tired. They stayed within their structure, and it was a big kill. By the way, the three stars as selected by, doesn't even fill it in tonight, Rob. They're embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Dry Settle McDavid Line where the stars announced in the MTS Center. All right, Nick is on the line. Hey, Nick, go ahead. Hey, thanks. Uh, I just thought I'd say after the first minute, I, I saw the look on Talbot's face, and I thought, here we go again. And uh, once I saw the power play going, I got really excited. Uh, like you guys said earlier, I'm really looking forward to this Dry Settle McDavid combo. I think they got a lot going on, and they, uh, they look pretty good. I uh, also had one more question, too. I, I was wondering... I, I'm pretty sure Russell got uh, signed to that one-year contract, and if we re-signed him, which I hope we do, what do you think his contract would be next year? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, they can't re-sign him to the new until the new year. I, I think Shirelli wants to wait and see. Uh, I mean, I don't mind having a player who's who's hungry. I, I mean, you're going to lock up guys, your stars for longer term, obviously. I mean, I don't know, Nick. I, I, personally, I, I think they could go through the whole season with Russell. And quite frankly, Nick, and we hope this doesn't happen, but if they fall out of the playoff race badly, they, I think they would trade Russell at the deadline. Now, I hope that doesn't come to that. Uh, I mean, I yep. hope they're obviously in a playoff race and he's helping. I think if he does get a new contract with the Oilers, I mean, it's probably for another one or two years. I can't see them signing him for four I, or five. I mean, he would want that, but... It, it depends. I mean, if he has a good year this year, and, and as we've seen, it has been a very good start for it, I'm not sure he's going to sign a one-year deal. I think someone's going to give him a couple years well, at least. he has least. the option. Yeah, yes, because he's going to be look. unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Um, I, if the year goes well, I'm sure this would be a place he'd want to be. They're using him well. He's having fun. Things are going on an upward trend here. Uh, and then you look down in the minors... Is Reinhardt an answer? Because that's no. the that's the one not player. Right now. Yeah, no. Well, Osterly. Yeah, but he's still not. Yeah, well, no, no. This is a, we're talking nobody's, nobody's an absolute answer. No, no there's no this replacement. Is a, this is a top four defenseman. Those guys aren't going to come in and be top four defensemen. So, uh, I I don't know. I mean, I guess the market will bear what what the market will bear, and you'll see uh, what the Oilers can do if they get creative. But he has been a very very important pickup for the Edmonton Oilers. They, uh, they, they, I think they still need that power play defenseman too, like the big oh, bomb sure. in the yep. front. Or even Sakara, if he can get his wrist shot on point and get it through the guys, I think he's even safe for this year. I don't know what they're going to do next year, but I, I think they're looking good, and I'm just real happy. One more thing too, I like I'm a huge fan of Lucic. I'm, I was excited when he came over. I still like him a lot, 
I understand he was on a five points or a five game point streak for this game. Uh, I I just honestly I don't know if he can keep up with Drysdale McDavid. Like I think he's awesome on the second line, but with the chemistry they got going on, I think almost like a pitlick, like a guy that can still hit, grind, and has the speed that he does. I, I think he'd be almost a better match. Like well, the the, the problem for for pitlick is he's the wrong hand. He's a right-handed shot, and Drysdale is going to play on his off wing. He will be the right winger. He's much more effective there. I mean, Lucic, he's now up to 19 points on the season in 25 games. I mean, that's that's uh, over 60 points on the air. Uh, there have been times that he has looked a little slow of foot with Connor McDavid, but if you've got McDavid and Dreisaitl, I mean, you don't need a speed demon on the other side. Dreisaitl is a guy that likes to play below the goal line, and that's where a guy such as Lucic becomes more effective. Uh, Jordan Eberle, when he was on that line, he is not a guy that's going to play below the goal. He's, he wants to score off the rush. He, he's a guy that's going to beat you in transition. Dreisaitl is more of a, a down-low guy. So is Lucic. I think they can have some success, and they have had some earlier this year when Lucic was playing with him. I like the line the way it is right now. I like Pitlick where he is, and he, he's going to be an energy guy. They can move up and down the lineup depending on how the game goes, but I think the line that they got right now, McDavid, Lucic, and, and Drysaddle, that's something you're going to want to play with for a while. Drysaddle had eight shots on net today. Eight shots. I mean, that's a hell of a night for him. But he's you got a guy that he knows where to go in the offensive zone because he can read the same way that McDavid does. So they can see plays happening before they happen. So he knows right how to be in the right place. And because of his size... He can have a guy on him and still get off a good shot. And that's a huge advantage that he has over a Jordan Eberle, who if a guy's draped on Jordan, Jordan's a small dude. But Dreisaitl's a monster. So he has that advantage, and they were very, very effective tonight. The Oilers take it 6-3 over the Winnipeg Jets. Full board of calls. So if you're trying to get through, keep trying. 780-496-0063. We have Alex standing by. Hello, Alex. How's it going? Good. I'm not too sure what I saw tonight, if it was a mirage or not. I don't know. I tell you, though, <laughs> I sure love that first line. And I still don't like the second line because of Pouliot. I don't like the guy. I'm just going to say it straight up, you know, and I hope he's not listening to me or his mom's listening to me. But, uh, <laughs> oh, I, you know, it's a soft line, too. If they're not, you know, uh, I'd like to see someone besides Pouliot on that line just to get a little bit more meat in there because they're going to be exposed night after night because if they don't dipsy-doodle or really play inspired hockey, they're going to be exposed physically. Um, the one thing I'd like to make a point, though, this schedule, though, I can't believe it. It's like, what do they do with the Oilers this year? They put them on the road for one game, bring them back for two, put them on the road for one game, bring them back. They've done that a few times this year, and I just hope they make it to the 13th. They play Columbus, and then they get four days off. Yep. I'd love to see them win four of the next seventh, and then uh, they sure need that break at Christmas time. I think they get five days off, too. A lot of hockey. But I love McDavid. I'm telling you, we got one superstar, and Dreisaitl looks good with them. Might as well have the two best players on that team together. Alex, you make a good point about the schedule, and Rob and I were talking about that. I mean, as you probably know, every team gets a bye week this year where they go five days without a game in January and February and they have to have and they they don't even practice on those days. 
And I think the Oilers, so I can't remember what week it is. It's in January or February. So that compressed things a little further. Plus, there's always the All-Star break. You're right. The Oilers' Christmas break is longer. They play on the 23rd. The league resumes on the 27th. The Oilers don't play until until the 29th. But you know what? The Oilers played 15 games in November. The Winnipeg Jets played 16. And and if, uh, you know, Rob and I were saying... I mean, full credit to the Oilers for the win, but this might have been the worst effort by an Oilers opponent this season. <laughs> you got, I think so. That's why I wasn't too sure what was going on tonight. The schedule doesn't get really that much better until late January, I think, and then it's not so bad after yeah. that. But all, all the Pacific teams face the travel and the long flights, so hopefully that, that evens out. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Thanks, have a good night, guys. You know, Ari, when you're talking about Winnipeg's schedule, they played 16, which is incredible in November. Well... It's De- December 1st, so one day later they're playing their 17. So it's 17 games in 31 days. Yeah. That's just silly. Uh, seriously, that is silly. And then Winnipeg is a team that has been bit by the injury bug. And you got to think that part of it had to be their schedule. Tired players playing over and over and over again with all this travel. And when the Oilers got the fifth goal to go up 5-3, it was it was done. I mean, Winnipeg was, was done. Yes. They, they were not... Uh, they... <laughs> They probably turned the puck over more in the last 10 minutes than they did in the first 50. Well, they, the last 8.30 no or whistles. 8.40, there was no whistles. <laughs> and when there is no whistles in a game, it is because two teams and the referees want the game to finish. They, they You know what? The outcome is done. Nothing's going to change. Let's get this over. And that's what happened in the end of the third period. And it's a good ending for the Oilers. 6-3 over the Jets. We have Gary, McKenzie, Jim, Robin, and George all on the line. You're all going to get a chance to talk. We're going to take a break. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Perot has been moved up here on the goal line, back behind the net, centers one-timer off the glove of Cam Talbot, makes the save on Dano. Cam Talbot, 22 saves for the victory tonight. That's his save of the game for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at armorinsurance.ca. He was playing right until the final buzzer. He robbed Tanev with about a minute seven left. The Oilers were already up 6-3, and that is your final tonight. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. You can reach us at 780-496-0063, and we have Gary standing by. Hello, Gary. Hey, uh, Reed. Uh, Rob, thanks for taking my call this evening. Yeah, <laughs> wow, um, it's amazing. They're they still have the best uh, road record of all the teams in the league, especially in the West. And I'm just thinking, geez, if they can play like that at home, you can imagine a record could have been. And uh, you know, I, I mentioned since before calls I made before, and I, uh, I said before, to just simplify the power play. Uh, a guy like Letestu, I know his. Um, his uh, shootout percentage, 50% or better. I mean, there's a guy that obviously likes to shoot. I mean, um, that's a great plan that they put him up in the in the uh, uh, first line for the uh, power play. Uh, as far as the second line is concerned, I, I agree with the other call who mentioned about um, uh, Pugliat. I mean, I don't like the guy. I don't say I don't to say they don't like the guy. It's just that I think they should put a heavier guy in front of that. I prefer Maroon. Preferably, or even Cassian uh, with with Eberle and Nugent Hopkins, and I'm glad Pouliot scored today to get the monkey off his back. But 
I think uh, the two skilled guys that it would, would do better with Maroon on the second line. I just want your opinion about that. Yeah, thanks, Gary. First of all, uh, Latestu career in shootouts, 45%, so pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's been tough for Pouliot, and his issue has been, Rob, when he's not on the score sheet, he doesn't affect the game, or sometimes he affects it negatively, or with a penalty, or with a turnover inside his own blue line, or not getting body position in a puck battle. So that's why I think fans have been frustrated. Yeah, it hasn't been a very good start to the season for Pouliot. I mean, it started off poorly with silly penalties, and then it just got worse and compounded with the fact that he's not accomplishing a whole lot. Uh... Maroon has played with Nugent Hopkins and Eberle. I mean, Pouliot just got put back on that line line recently. Uh, the, the line wasn't successful with anybody that they've had on it this year. And Nugent's off to a real slow start this year. Jordan, outside of playing with Connor McDavid, hasn't had very much success this year. So they thought they would reunite these three. They were very good uh, together before. They've had success. And I think the coaching staff is just looking for any way to jumpstart them. Because Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid, and his line is going to be good. But some nights the puck just won't bounce in for you, and on those nights you need someone to pick up the slack. The Oilers need their second their second line to be successful. They don't need them to be world beaters, but they do need them to be productive. They haven't been that way this year. Hopefully, the goal that Pouliot scored late in the game meant nothing in the game but it might mean a lot for that line going forward, and, and we can hope that that'll be the start of something that resembles what we've seen from them in the past. Pouliot and Maroon each get a goal. Latestu and Dreisaitl each get two. Oilers beat the Jets 6-3. We have McKenzie on the line. Hi, McKenzie. Hi there. Uh, first time I'm doing this, so a bit nervous. <laughs> That's okay, buddy. We're, we're, we'll go easy on you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So uh, I was reading that uh, Nuge feels pressure to produce more offensively. I was just wondering, what does he have to do to increase his point production? Well, uh, I mean, he needs some breaks, some bounces. Uh, we saw the last game here on home ice. Early in the game, he rifles one off the, the post. That goes in. Maybe that changes the complexion of the game or the complexion of his line. I think for the biggest thing, his line, A, they got to shoot more. B, they got to be in the blue paint around where the pucks are going. And uh, C, I think they've just got to... Uh, pay a price. I think the biggest one is paying a price for them. They're not the goalies in the league are, are so good nowadays. Very rarely do you see guys shoot from the outside and score. Outside of a Patrick Liney, who we saw do that tonight a couple times, you've got to be within 15 feet of the net, and you got to get a tip. You got to get a rebound. And on the goal that they scored tonight, Nugent Hopkins won the draw. Both he and Pouliot went to the net, and, and Pouliot got a puck on a tip, a goal on a tip. That's what they have to do to be effective. Instead of goals off the rush, ugly goals. Goals where they pay the price in front of the net. If they're all around the front of the net, they all got good enough hands to put the puck in the net. So I think that's something that they know and something the coaches are already stressing at them. Yeah, and look at Leon's goals tonight. They were both yep. off rebounds from within you know, 15 feet of the net. Mackenzie, you're going to finish the play for us tonight. You can qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Here we go. McDavid against Enstrom. You know McDavid's going to win that race. Enstrom backed off. Dish to Latestu. Wrist shot. All right. Is that a uh, goal or no goal for Latestu? Uh, no goal. I think he hits a crossbar. Good call. 
McDavid against Enstrom. You know McDavid's going to win that race. Enstrom backed off. Dish to Latestu. Wrist shot off the bar and the rebound tugged wide. Latestu crossbar for the hat trick. Open net for the hat trick. Puck bouncing a little bit. Couldn't put it in, but he did get two. And the Oilers beat the Jets 6 Three. All right, we got post game reaction coming up. We got tons of guys on hold. George is up next. Oilers win 6 3. It's Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Edmonton wins the faceoff. Latestu doing the honors, and now McDavid kicks it back to Sekra at the point. Dry subtle dishes, and a one-timer score for Mark Latestu. High slot redirect, and Edmonton has tied the game. That got it rolling for the Oilers. Power play goal, 231 into this contest. Mark Latestu, one of two on the night. The Oilers go on to beat the Winnipeg Jets 6-3. The Oilers are 13-10-2 on the season. How about this? 6-1 against the Central Division. Six and one against the Central Division. That's beat something. Beat the Jets twice. Beat Chicago. Beat St. Louis. You don't see that often for the Oilers. That is a division that the Oilers have struggled against, and rightfully so. It's been one of the strongest divisions in hockey for the last number of years. All right, along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for joining us. 780-496-0063. We'll have Leon Dreisaitl post-game reaction coming up, but first we have George on the line. Hello, George. Hi, how are you? Doing well. Yeah, you know, it's at the game in Winnipeg. Well, good. Uh, it's crowd, uh, crowd's a lot louder than ACC, that's for sure. It's it's louder than the ACC? Oh, yeah, it's way louder. ACC was really quiet, eh? But, uh, 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 what do they call here? Uh, MPS is really loud, eh? Like, especially when they score in the South Bay. Yeah. How many rinks have you been to, George? What's that? How many rinks have you been to? I went to ACC for that Edmonton game, and then I've been to this one, and that's probably it for the year, but I want to get to Montreal to see a game one day. Yeah, I've been to the Bell Center. It's pretty cool. What did you think of the game tonight? Well, it was, uh, you know, they got that quick that goal early. That sort of got the crowd into it, but then uh, the, crowd, the crowd really never got out of it after... Uh, and they, they still they were still pretty loud after um, was winning, eh? Yeah. Well, it sounds uh, like it was a good experience, George. Thanks a lot for calling, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Robin is up next on the phone line, but let's quickly go back to that MTS center. And here's Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we we had a little bit of chemistry going. Uh, I think even the games before. Uh, we showed a little bit of of chemistry there, and um, you know he's uh, for me personally he's such an easy player to play with. You know he he always wants the puck. He's, he's so fast, and, and I don't I don't really need to talk about how good he is. So um, you know hopefully we can we can keep this going. A couple of big responsibilities for you guys. I mean they scored 35 seconds in, and then they closed it for yeah, that's that's huge for a team. Um, you know, I think in the past, a lot of times we we, we would have folded and, and and maybe lost that game, um, especially getting scored on early in the period. But uh, I thought we we really stood our ground, and I thought we, we played really solid after that. And um, you know, we got rewarded with with a couple of goals, and um, you know, that's that's just huge uh, huge win for a team. 
best power plays look for you guys all year? Yeah, I think we we had spurts where we were we've been really good, like the game against uh, Chicago where we scored I think three power play goals, and um, it's just a matter of you know bringing that every night. I think we also know that we're not going to score three power play goals every night, but you know at least you know get the chances, you know try and try and create as much as possible. And, uh, I think tonight uh, we really took took what was given to us and uh, we took advantage of it. That's Leon Dreisaitl, two goals and an assist. Really strong night for him. He continues to bring up his face-off percentage as well, 56% tonight, so he'll climb uh, a little bit. He was up to, where are my pregame stats here, Rob? I think he was 52-something, was wasn't he? 52 point something coming in. I have too many sheets of paper, everybody. I'm sorry. Oh, you do have a lot of sheets of paper. I've got one, if you want to borrow mine, too, to add right, to your I list. Want, now I want to know. I'm stubborn. i got to know. Dreisaitl coming into the game. Uh, yeah, it was 52.1, so he'll go up a little bit. There you go. And, Thanks, and, Rob. You're, you're welcome. Um, and the, the, the nice thing, too, having him on the first line, it protects Connor McDavid's face-offs. I mean, Connor tonight was only 17%. I mean, he's going to get better at it, but now Leon can take the majority of the face-offs, which allows the Oilers and their number one line to start with the puck on their stick, and that's what you want with that line. How about Dreisaitl's second goal, the spinorama? That, spinorama. Uh, that's just skill. I mean, that is just absolute skill to be able to spin. He didn't have their. I mean, I know the net was wide open, but the angle. He had a very, very small window to get that puck in. Stayed with it. Uh, put the puck right where it needed to be. He. Uh, he, he had an outstanding game, and everything that he got, he deserved, and probably deserved more. That entire line probably deserved more. We have Robin on the line. Hey, Robin, thanks for calling. You're welcome. Thank you for taking my call. What's on your mind? I was just wondering if uh, Sid Crosby is gaining on McDavid. I know he missed a few games at the beginning of the season. Yeah, good question. Uh, what are they at now? Points per game. I think McDavid. I think Crosby was ahead of McDavid in points per game. Uh, this is this is not quite updated. Because Crosby had a couple points again tonight. Yeah, McDavid had three. So McDavid will be slightly ahead in points per game. Actually, Jack Eichel's leading in points per game. Yeah, <laughs> but at two. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, McDavid would be just ahead in points points per game because Cro- McDavid would now have 34 in 25. And you said Crosby got two tonight, Rob. I believe he had two points so tonight. So he'd yes. be up. He'd be up to 24 in 18. So both pretty good. So they're both roughly just under two a game. Then. Well, 1.3 per game, yeah. Yeah, two a game is, is, is not something that is, I don't know if it's achievable anymore in the National Hockey League, just the way they play, but uh, what, where they're at is, is very good. I mean, they're two of the best in the world, if not the two best in the world, Crosby yeah. and McDavid. I'm hoping that we get an Oilers to finish first again someday. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Thanks, Robin. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Aaron on the line. Hey, Aaron. Hey guys, uh, thanks for your time. Yeah. Um, just uh, really happy to see the line changes tonight. Uh, I'm excited about Drysaddle and McDavid as well. But uh, just wanted to see uh, hear about two things here. Um, what's your thoughts about Maroon replacing Lucic? Just because I think his hands are are pretty pretty good for such a big guy and then um Ryan number two uh Nugent Hawkins and uh Everlay are just I'm I'm just losing my patience with those guys and just thought you know um 
I'll definitely, I'll definitely like to see how this second line goes here and give them some more time to figure it out. But uh, if things continue on how it's been, what out of the rest of the guys, what would be uh, the next best option for a second line? Well, I, I, I agree with you. With, with I think Maroon has good hands. Um, I, I think that they like Lucic on that line just for the way he plays and the way he can help Connor handle everything, both on the ice and off the ice. I think, I mean, he, he's got, what do we say, 19 points now on the season. Lucic in 24 games. I mean, that is a great Decent pace. pace yeah. That's a good yeah, pace for a player. Yeah. So he is doing So there's no reason to pull him off yet. If the second line doesn't produce, I don't know if there is another option for the Oilers. If you go down their depth chart, they've got a bunch of guys that work hard. They they play simple games. They chip pucks in. I mean, you talk like the Pitlets, the, the Slapashevs, Latestus, Cassians, Maroons. Yeah, all effective players, but none of them that you can put a line together and you have a, a number two line in the National Hockey League. They need right. Nugent Hopkins and Eberle and whoever is on the left side because I'm not sure Pouliot is the answer either, but they need Nugent Hopkins and Everly to find the magic that they've had before. These are guys that didn't wake up and their talent is gone. They've had success in the National Hockey League. They have less pressure on them this year. They're not playing against the other team's top defensing pairings, top players, because like they have in the past. They've got to hopefully find, find the magic, and if they do, then the others will have success. I don't know if there's another option. Yeah, I mean, they, I, they did have chemistry before, so so willing to wait and see what happens. And I just wondering if, uh, like, how does the coach wake those guys up? Yeah, um, that's well, that's a good that's a good question. Yeah, because it's pretty. It, I mean, we're almost a third of the way into the season now. Nugent Hopkins three goals. Everly has more points, but they they tend to come in bunches. So yeah, that's a tough question for I, sure. I think I, I think the coaching staff has tried a few things. I think he's tried you know soothing. I think he's tried tough love. He's he, he, there's been public uh, statements about have, them having to be better. He's challenged them. Uh, more he, so with Everly. Yeah, more so with Everly. But he has come out and said that Nugent Hopkins needs to produce more, mm-hmm. and, and he does. Um, so I, I mean, we we saw what Nugent Hopkins did in the summer in in, in the World Cup. He was very good, and everyone was all excited. Say, all right, Nugent's back, and he hasn't been as productive here. Now it, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that a, a goal like they had tonight will all of a sudden lead to a goal in the next game. And then a little more confidence, and maybe one of them will have a goal and an assist. They they just when you're an offensive player, points do matter because it's a confidence thing. And I think right now they're just lacking confidence, and they somehow have to find it again. Oilers win six three over the Jets. The power play goes three for four. George and Glenn are up next on the phones. You will also hear from head coach Todd McClellan. We'll update the Advantage Trailer Rentals Out of Town scoreboard as well. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. Rob Brown is here as well. Todd McClellan in about a minute, but first, George on the phone line. Hey, George. Gentlemen, uh, thanks for your time. Uh, the score is 4-2. to two. Uh, Russell's in the box. Nuge makes a great play at the blue line, but ultimately he gets sealed off. He takes the stupid penalty, and the Jets score to make it 4-3. to three. 
earlier in the season, Cassian made a, a similar play and got stapled to the bench for the for the rest of the game. Why didn't Nuge get any consequences for for his actions? I'm going to hang up and listen to the answer. I, I think it goes by he's not a repeat offender. Nuge is not a guy that takes dumb penalties. So I think that's the one that he took. It was a dumb penalty. I'm sure he realized it. They get scored on. He goes back to the bench. All he has to get, do is get a look from the coach. If it was, if he had done it a game before or five games before, it's different. Uh, just when someone does something bad, you don't bench him automatically. You talk to him, and then all of a sudden, if he does it again, well, now we got to have a little more consequence to it. So it was a dumb penalty, and he'll be the first to admit it. But I don't think you have to bench just because someone does something dumb once. He knew what he did wrong. I don't think you're going to see Nuge do that again. Oilers win 6-3 back to Winnipeg. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. For moments within the game where you guys needed to do something. That was um, work ethic went up, execution went up, power play uh, performed. I thought we had a little more pace to our game, uh, a little more resilient than we've been in the past. So once they, uh, they pushed, first 30 seconds in the game, we pushed back. Um, even in the third period where they got the momentum uh, right off the bat with the five on three. But our, our team did a lot of good things tonight. And um, the main part was the work ethic. We got it back to where it needed to be. And um, we'll need that this weekend. Power plays can be fickle. Was it just they were going in or was there something structurally different? Well, it was, we had to practice. We haven't practiced in the, you know a month of Sunday. So we had a practice yesterday. We made a few changes. I thought uh, Mark Latestu made a, a huge difference there. He was willing to shoot, and uh, he won some face-offs, so we were able to start in their end. Um, obviously, him scoring two helps, but uh, some of those chances uh, we'll look at tomorrow, and we'll be happy they went in, but we did have those against some of the other teams, and sometimes they don't go in. Todd, Connor, and Leon talked about how much they like playing with each other. Um, how do you see them complementing each other on those? Well, you've got speed and, and uh, skill, and then you've got uh, a great hockey mind in Leon. He's patient. He holds on to the puck, and, um, you know, the defensive players have to decide, are they, are they going to be attacked with speed or are they going to be attacked with, uh, with a little bit of finesse? And um, I know they like to play with each other. Um, you know, we'd like them to continue there, but that only happens when the rest of the group is, is pulling their weight through the middle and, and the wingers are playing well like they did tonight. How rewarding is it for you as a coach when you do shake things up and you make those adjustments and tweaks to the lines and the units and then they go out there and they have to respond? Well, it's, it's not about us as coaches. Um, you know, there's the, the reward is seeing the classroom perform at, a, at the level they're capable of. And, um, you know, you like that when you're, you're the teacher or the prof, if you will. Uh, but uh, the players should be pleased with their effort and their, their input. Um, again, it's not pretty. It's, it's never perfect in this league. But um, I think they should be satisfied getting on the plane tonight, get some rest, and get ready for a big weekend. Uh, well, we, we had just uh, addressed it. I know you're a little bit late, but that's okay. I'll, I'll uh, repeat it here a bit for you. They speed and, um, you know, finesse. And the combination of both makes it hard for... The defensive team is is that blazing speed coming at me or is that finesse coming at me and they sometimes they're caught in between and like i said earlier they uh they enjoy playing with each other um and, and we'd like them to play with each other but that only happens when the rest of the group is pulling their weight and and um playing the way they did tonight 
mentioned Mark earlier. How important was it to get a big night from him tonight? Which, I'm um, sorry, who? From, from Mark. From Mark. Letestu. Letestu. Oh, yeah. Mark Letestu. I call him Test all the time. Really, really important. Um, you know, he, is, he was out of the lineup for a little while. He had a tremendous start to the season and fell off a little bit. Um, out of the lineup, and since then, I think he's answered the bell. Uh, I know his teammates want him in. They, they appreciate his, um, you know, his ability to almost coach the team sometimes. He's smart. He's bright. Um, he takes control of situations. Um, I'm going to bug him on the plane because I think he should have had four, uh, but ended up with two. So we're, we're real happy for him. He was a big part of the win. Two goals for Latestu. Yeah, came close to having four, but the Oilers will take it. A 6-3 win. we got to take a timeout. Jim is going to get a phone call in. We'll check the out-of-town scoreboard. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. Oilers 6, Jets 3. We have... Jim on the phone line. Jim, you're on with Rob and Reed. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? This more to Rob. As a sniper, how important is good ice? Very. And well, how, is that a coincidence? They're eight and what are they? Eight and five on the road, or eight and four? Eight, four, and two. And five and six at home. Uh, yeah, I I don't know if it's a coincidence. It doesn't matter. They're they're at home. If you watch the puck. Like as a sniper, it's like a baseball player. You see the balls coming, you put it out, you glove, you get it. It's no different with a stick. I, I I played some hockey. You see a puck coming, you put your stick, and you're looking at the net. There's the puck's not there. You're, you're absolutely right. Now Reed will be able to talk more about the ice than me. But as far as a skilled team, you know which the others, yep, it, the others are a skilled team. Yes. And the better the ice, the oh. more effective they are going to be. Because why are they like uh, Stoffer said? That uh, oh, uh, Eberly said he loves playing in Chicago somewhere because the ice Pittsburgh. is so good. He got a hat trick. Pittsburgh. He got two goals in Pittsburgh earlier. Yeah, or where, wherever it was. Remember that? Yeah. And and a brand new arena. And I tell my friends, watch the ice on TV. I don't know how bad it is live. Yeah. You and and it just the puck should be there, but it's off the heel or off the toe, and that's it's like a golfer. You take your one eye off the puck or the. One second the wrong way, and it's gone the other way. Jim, they're not happy with the ice in the new arena, and uh, it's it has not been an upgrade over Rexall Place. Now the advantage is they can work on it, so I think I think it is a priority. But you make a very good point. Sorry to cut you off, Jim, but we got to get to the advantage trailer rental scoreboard before we go home. The Blue Jackets beat the Avalanche three two. The Jackets are thirteen five and four. The Kings over the Coyotes four three. They're a point behind the Oilers. With a game in hand, the Ducks are likely going to win. They're up 2-0 on the Canucks after two. Big showdown on Saturday between the Oilers and the Ducks. Bruins over the Hurricanes, 2-1 in a shootout. Sabres win 4-3 over the Rangers. Penguins, 6-2 over Dallas. Islanders blank the Caps, 3-0. Flyers in overtime, 3-2 against the Senators. Panthers in overtime, 2-1 over the Red Wings. Blues outscore the Lightning, 5-4. And the Blackhawks beat the Devils, 4-3 in overtime and of course here the Oilers beat the Jets 6-3 bring on the Ducks uh, you know the third of the way into the season big one in the Pacific Division well what you're seeing now is when we play the Ducks the Kings the the Sharks it, it's not a, a first versus last type of game now the, the Oilers are in games that mean something in the standings they're playing 
for first place. They're second place in the in the division. So the games are going to be much more exciting when you start playing the top teams in the league now and the top teams, especially in the Western Conference. We'll have that for you on 6.30, Chet. 6.30 face-off show on Saturday. Game will start at 8. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. He'll have additional post-game reaction tonight on our website, website 630chet.com slash Oilers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Oilers, three power play goals. They beat the Jets 6-3. Have a good night. Thank you.